The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up, as usual, for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in a group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas and welcome to the first Sunday of Christmas. And even though we just celebrated the birth of Jesus just two days ago on Christmas Eve, it may seem a little odd that the gospel lesson is about the 12-year-old Jesus visiting Jerusalem and the temple along with his parents. But guess what? It is not a mistake. It was assigned, it, was, it is the assigned gospel lesson because as you probably maybe are somewhat aware, there is not a lot written about the early years of Jesus' life in the gospels that are in the Bible. I do love this quaint story about Jesus visiting Jerusalem along with his parents and others from his hometown at the time of Passover. The text makes it sound like they did this every year as it was their custom, and I think we can say his parents were devout Jews. One thing which struck me after studying this particular text and reading the many commentaries on the gospel lesson was this. There are many directions this sermon could go. I think a sermon could easily be preached about Jesus being raised in a home where faith was practiced and how his parents helped him be curious about his faith. This foundation made him ready to explore his faith with others like those religious leaders in the temple. I also think a sermon could emphasize the fact that Jesus was very human, a very human boy. I think this sermon could emphasize the fact that, um, that Jesus maybe, like many tweens, exasperated his parents at time. 
And he was, Jesus exasperated them, especially when he failed to leave Jerusalem, when he probably knows he should have with his family group, and then as they were going home. And uh, you can just see his uh, parents as they're starting to think about, whoa, what's this about? I think a sermon could easily be preached on this fact, that this lesson seems to indicate that Jesus is beginning to understand who God is calling him to be and the ministry that he might be about in the world. He is wrestling, if you will, with the essentials of faith, talking over with the leaders in the synagogues what this might mean, and perhaps coming to an understanding how he will be expressing that in the future. Or, I think you could preach a sermon from his mother's point of view, as she observed Jesus growing and changing and becoming whom God called him to be. Well, today I choose to preach about that last possibility for two reasons. First, I have seen many parents, moms, posting lately on Facebook about the milestones in their children's lives. I've seen parents post about birthdays, band concerts, dance recitals, choral concerts, and Christmas programs. And with those posts, I see a lot of pride in their parents, in those moms. And I think part of that might be because those things did not take place last year. How many uh, band concerts and, uh, and um, uh, uh, dance recitals and choral concerts were canceled because of COVID? And this is the first year that's happened again. I know at Good Shepherd, we didn't really have a Christmas pageant last year because of COVID. We weren't able to do that. And so I think that was one reason I'd like to preach on this from a mother's point of view. The other reason I'd like to preach on it is just that one verse in the scripture. It says, but his mother Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mary, like any parent, like any mom, is wondering where all she, what all she is watching and observing Jesus, where that will lead Jesus, her son. She's wondering about that. Well, as you might expect, the last two weeks at Good Shepherd, we've had a lot going on in the building. And one of the things we had going on was um, the Good Shepherd Nursery School held its annual impromptu Christmas pageant. But it really was pageants because we were trying to keep some safety for the students. And at this program, Pastor Alex leads the students through the Christmas story by telling it while the children act it out, um, being, taking on the different parts. And as you might expect, there are children playing Mary and Joseph, the innkeeper. Uh, Lily Holt was this wonderful innkeeper, in case anybody wants to know that. The shepherds, the sheep, the angels, the wise people, or the wise men. And it is great fun. But at the end of the program, there's always singing. And the children sing the songs they've rehearsed while their parents watch from the pews. And they glow with pride at their children as you can just imagine. Well, this year, Jody Keith, a member, friend of Good Shepherd, came to play the piano for this pageant. But accompanying Jody was her little granddaughter, Raylan, who's about three years old. And when I saw Raylan, who I've just seen a few times over the past two years, when I looked at her, I could see in her face her mother, Marjorie, in this beautiful face. I was like, wow, you just look like your mom. 
And this made me wonder, since she looked so much like her mom, um, I wondered if she would be like her mother. The Marjorie I knew as a child was a soccer player, a Girl Scout, a dancer, a singer, and a great friend to others. And she grew into this warm, uh, caring, welcoming person, and professionally, she is a teacher. But then there was this thought in me, too. I also wondered how Raylan might be unique for Marjorie, how she might be different. I wondered how Raylan might blossom into her very own person as she grew. And that's the point, isn't it? We wonder, we ponder, just like Mary did about Jesus, <clears throat> about our own children and the children we know. Biblical scholar Caroline Lewis said, never underestimate the ponderings of a mother. Their radar is always up. Mary is this thoughtful person, person and nothing that is happening is getting past her attention. As such, her pondering, her treasuring, her keeping all of the words, considering all the events, should tell us something, something very important about our own responses and reactions when it comes to the life of Jesus. So now that the hustle and bustle of Christmas is kind of over, I wonder if today might be a great day to ponder, just like Mary did, about Jesus and about now this tween Jesus and what that might all mean for us. For I know that there are many people who are today busy taking down their Christmas trees and packing up their ornaments and light and that tree will be out on the curb tomorrow morning. But we in the church, we find ourselves in a rather countercultural place where Christmas still matters. In today's lesson, I think Mary reminds us that one of the essential acts of discipleship is this call to reflection, this call to ponder. Because sometimes what God is up to is not easy for us to understand and comprehend in the first place. <clears throat> sometimes what God is up to is so different than what we expect that we have to kind of take that step back so we can absorb it and understand it. Sometimes we need to mull over it again and again when we see Jesus uh, doing something and so we can uh, just uh, comprehend and, and absorb it. I think this gospel text urges us to stay for a while and watch for an extra moment what Jesus is doing in the temple. We are invited to watch and maybe listen to hear what Jesus is discussing with those religious leaders. Maybe try to imagine that. What is he saying to them and what are they saying back to him? This text invites us to maybe sit beside the manger for a bit and hold some straw in our fingers and our hands and wonder what this is all about, those, those shepherds who came. This text invites us to hear old Simeon in the temple saying those startling words when he gazes at the baby Jesus. He says, Lord, let your servant depart in peace according to your words, for my eyes have seen the salvation you have prepared for all people. Can you imagine that? For all people, that's what he said. And that is a statement that's just kind of like, wow, wow, all people. 
this gospel invites us to keep company with Mary just a little longer and ponder what Jesus, who Jesus is and what his life and his actions and his words mean for us and for the world. Now, if you've ever wondered what pondering might look like, pondering about Jesus and God might look like, I invite you, if you have not done so already, to take some time and read the devotions um, that were on our website for Advent season. And I know that might sound a little weird, but if you haven't done so, go back and look at them. They're great. They're beautiful. Because the devotions are, are written by members of the congregation, and we get to see their faith and their, uh, how God has been active in their lives. I wanted to raise up one devotion. <clears throat> it was written by Molly Cavanaugh on December 10th. And she wrote about her wandering her pondering about how as Christians we're called to serve those in our community who are homeless. And she recounts several encounters she has with folks who are homeless and how that challenged her faith and her response. Um, she goes on to say that it was in the adult form about the visionary lives which uh, helped her consider and contemplate and imitate as Clara Vassisi suggested. It also helped her consider how to witness and advocate for the poor uh, men and women like Dorothea Day suggests. But Molly ends that devotion by writing, probably many of you already know what God is calling you to do when you come face to face <coughs> with the poor and homeless men of women in our city, whether it's a kind word, money, a silent prayer, a pledge to reach out to an organization that helps the homeless. Molly says, I'm still searching for my response, but I know that I must start by not turning away. The pondering which Molly has done in that devotion, what she's been doing, has surely impacted her faith, and I believe it will impact our community too. That's what pondering does. It makes us mull over and consider, and then maybe calls us to action. Well, I've been pondering about the babe in Bethlehem, too. Imagine that. But I have. In the last half of December, we've had three deaths of older members of our congregation. And part of my responsibility is to send out prayer requests for, to the congregation when things happen. And sometimes I'm writing prayer requests that say, please pray for the families who are mourning. Well, I sent out a prayer request just recently, and on it were those three members who had died. And I just felt so compelled to remind the recipients of, of this uh, request why the birth of Jesus was so important to those who died. I ended up by quoting a familiar hymn, which we sang as our first hymn, thank you, Kevin, um, in that request. And the last verse really speaks to me. It says, Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. 
Yes, I have been pondering how this babe born in Bethlehem, this Jesus in the temple, will make it that death never has the last word for God's children. And we can rejoice as Christians, even though we are heartbroken, even though we are sad, even though we are mournful. I've been pondering. And I think I'm going to go on pondering. One of the hymns uh, that we sang on Christmas Eve that caught my attention was, and the soul felt its worth because of Jesus' coming. I feel called to ponder that this coming week. And maybe you feel called to ponder something too. I think there's a lot of pondering to do when it comes to our faith. So today, I invite you to take some time, keep company with Mary, and ponder just once again who Jesus is.